0: This week on the Podland Trailcasters.
1: Still, still
0: got CKY stuck in your head. Always stuck in my head, I don't know why. Like a week? Oh, and the Chris is gone. The Chris is gone. The Chris is gone. Stop. Yeah,
1: this is being dumb or being
0: cheesy. You need,
1: about to, it, you need you know? to title one of the podcasts like extra long, where like, but where the first letter of every word in the title spells out Discord. In
0: in my mind, there's a performative element to the stuff, like, because we're again, like, we're talking about him doing it in a in a public setting. Are you setting, kidding? Right? Are you kidding me? probably should of- not have covered
1: Ennis Cantor fasting for Ramadan because <laughs> it alienated <laughs> other shit. players on the team
0: because they <laughs> well, felt that's not fasting. Nah, well, okay. It's not like Ennis Cantor was in there saying, hey, everyone, everyone, come and fast with me. Like, or, like, or at halftime right. saying, hey, everyone, let's have a sign-up. Like, Sign up on this list if you're going to fast with me next game.
1: To quote, quote our good friend C.J. McCollum, he's soft as crepes.
0: Right, the the GB set up real quick. So it's a little after five. We should record at some point, maybe? Yep. Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner Smith, and here with me as always, the On Time Hawaiian, the Master of Segues, Mr. Professional, Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. What's up, buddy? <laughs> here I am. <laughs> no, no, no frills this week. No extra little uh uh throw-in for me. I'm I'm mad at myself still from last week that I uh 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 screwed up the beginning part of the episode but we'll say that for a minute we'll we'll get into that in just a second you're full
1: of screw-ups you're not a one take guy that's why i've been like hey we should just do this thing live put it on youtube or you know do this do that and you're like i don't know i don't know you you get a little bit of cold feet because you can't hello hello damn hello messed up Hello. Hello. Portland. I, damn. Damn. No, it's th- supposed to be hello. I in. did one
0: take today. Hello? What are you talking about? I in. did one take today. Yeah, of course
1: you did one take on the pod. No one else is going to hear the five takes you took in real life because you
0: edited them that's out. That's not true. You're such a
1: liar. But you know I, what? <laughs> Nobody knows if that's true or not
0: because you you won't let this bad boy go live. You're going to make me release the audio, just uncut for like the first, like, whatever, we, we're at like a minute and 35 right now. I got just for the first 90 seconds, just uncut, just uh, no edits, no, no highlights, no, no fast hey, forward. Uh, I, I love my how, little
1: fast forward bits. I know how editing works. I don't trust what you put <laughs> out there uncut.
0: <laughs> so now you're just sowing dissent. You're not even like you're just making this no matter what I do. You're just trying to say I can't be trusted. This is a. I feel like you're trying to make some almost political esque divide here after our little conversation about uh, that we just had pre pod. Uh I, I and I don't appreciate that.
1: You'll get over it.
0: That's probably true.
1: Anyway, did anything happen? Anything happen since we last recorded? Any blazer news?
0: Ah uh, ah. Uh, you know I don't know. There's there's not really been. I don't know. There's. I wouldn't say news. You know, we we talked last time about the Jeremy Grant trade, uh, the, the drafting of uh, Shadon Sharp. Shaden Sharp. Shaden or not? Not Shadon. Shaden. Shade despite the spelling. I, I've heard the uh, proper pronunciation, since that's the thing we get into here. Putting the oh, right emphasis fastest on the wrong syllable. Just,
1: just, just, I'm just wait. Oh, his last name Sharp. We're gonna Sharp. We're gonna start calling him the knife or something dumb. you're gonna
0: create. You're gonna create the nickname that nobody see, wants, but that's gonna the, be your job. The thing is, Chris, his name is uh, Sharp, but it's spelled S H A R P E. I mean I almost feel like it's more of Sharpe. Like can we start calling him Shaden Sharpay? Like it's got a nice rhythm to it. It could work. Like i I love dogs. I don't know about you. I, I'm I, I you're a dog guy as well, actually, I do know that. It's not it's not even a not even a guess. Uh, Shayden Sharpay, you think that's that's that, that's not going too far? Dude's a dog. He's got no, that I dog No, I, I think I think I think Sharpay.
1: I think the I think the logical thing here is to get an endorsement deal with Sharpie, and then like Sharpie. you do a commercial <laughs> or a graphic where like you see Sharp on the back of the jersey, but then written in a Sharpie is the I to make it Sharpie. Like that's your advertisement right there, and then boom, he's your
0: spokesperson for Sharpie. It's that's just I've. I really should be in marketing. Before we get to actually talking some Blazer basketball, let's talk some love, hugs, and hate mail. Where's your love going this week, my friend, for our international segment, Love, Hugs, and Hate Mail? Internationally renowned. We are loved all over the world. Where's your love going? Oh,
1: there's only one place the love can go. One center court into Shaden Sharpie and Jabari Walker, baby, the two newest Sharpay. members of of Rip City. The draft is over. No more speculation. No more, no more episode upon episode talking about what they might or might not do with the <laughs> seventh pick, where they might trade back or up to, and who's got what potential and this and that. It's done. We know who they got now. So that's where my love is going because as much as I love talking about it, I'm just glad we're no longer dealing in the hypotheticals of the draft. We know what happened so now we get to transition to the hypotheticals of free agency and what other trades might happen and roster building but you know i'm ready for that but my love always goes to the 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 newest member of rip city kind of like you i know you say you don't like the draft because you don't care about the person who's not here you care about them once they're in rip city that's why i i feel like as a, red, as, as a kid back before i became you know super mega ultra professional journalist who still can't get a job. Um, I always remember, dude, every 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 single time they had, you know, the, the player unveiling in, in recent years it has been at the practice facility. But remember when they did them, like, outside, outside Moda, and it's, it's a beautiful sunny day, and you're getting to see the newest Blazers out there holding their jerseys, and some of them pan out, some of them don't. But it's a really cool day to see a new guy uh, living out their dream. So, yeah, all love to Shaden Sharp and
0: Jabari Walker, baby. Shane Sharpe, and, and I don't really have a name for uh, Jabari uh, Jabari Walker yet, maybe like some sort of a... <laughs> My love this week is going towards Ryan Resch. Probably not a name that most people know unless you saw the article from uh, Kevin Arnovitz over the weekend. Ryan Resch is a 29-year-old working in the Basketball Ops Department for Phoenix Suns alongside James Jones. Uh, he is the VP of Strategy and Evaluation. And also he's the first openly gay member of any basketball op staff in league history. Huge, huge step forward. I think for equality, especially with some of the things that we talked about last week uh, and the U uh, S justice department and the rest. But Kevin Arvitz had an article interviewing Ryan Resch about his, his path to the NBA. There, there, there's a lot of good quotes. I don't want to spoil any of it uh, too much. Uh, the, the one thing I'll put in here, ultimate Ultimately, my goal is to normalize for people in and out of the league, the existence of gay men and women on the basketball side. Um, And then a staffer who worked with Rash in Phoenix, we respect his decision to let us know, but really, it didn't change anything because it shouldn't. Go and read the article from Kevin Arnovitz. It's going to be linked in the episode description here. Uh, Very good read up on Ryan Rash. Chris, how about a hug this week? Where are you sending your hugs uh, for our internationally renowned segment of Hugs and Hate Mail?
1: Oh, man. This is, I'm uh, gonna build this up
0: until we win like awards for it. We're gonna get like an Emmy for for, for something.
1: Yeah, we're, well, this we're not getting an e- Emmy for my hugs. I'll tell you that much. Can you get an Emmy for a
0: podcast? That I don't know. That
1: maybe we'll try, but my hugs are my hugs are uh, <laughs> my hugs are going to my thighs because uh, <coughs> after a couple hundred hundred nice. degree days, and you you got you're built like an island tank you know it's uh it's not friendly and those people built like island tanks got them who got them thick with a double c lower body like uh captain chaos over here you understand what i'm talking about you don't go to las vegas without packing your gold bond baby so my hug is going to my thighs with this nice beautiful weather that we needed
0: <laughs> oh, i love it <laughs> uh i respect to be it. fair it's not and, my, my, and Hey.
1: The, 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 the chafing is not happening. You know, this is a preemptive <laughs> hug. I just really wanted to try
0: to get a laugh out of you, and it worked. It did. It definitely did. <laughs> All right, my hugs. Again, going back to last week's love hugs and hate mail, I'm doing a little follow-up on the, the SCOTUS decision that we talked about and that we uh, despise so much. Dick Sporting Goods, though. Sending a hug out to Dick Sporting Goods. The CEO, Lauren... Hobart, I'm not sure if that's how to pronounce your name properly, Uh, but Dix has announced through their CEO that the company will reimburse up to $4,000 per employee for travel to receive care if their state restricts abortion uh, uh, access. This is a big deal for our listeners, I think, more than than maybe the the general national issue because Dix Sports is a Pacific Northwest brand. So this is very much saying If anything were to change up here, Dick Sports has your back, uh, ladies. So please, you know, just you know, be aware and and support uh a a sporting goods store who supports you. They they don't support the pod. I'm not trying. This is not a sponsor read. I'm just saying, like, shout out to them. Good stuff. I'll never forget in college when
1: uh one of uh our friends needed some athletic equipment. And then came into the you know the office we were at in whatever building can't remember where we were, but they just came in kind of, kind of, kind of in shame and just laughing. And we're like, "What? What's up?" And they're they're like, "I just want to let everybody know that if you need athletic equipment, uh, dicks.com does not send you to Dick's Sporting Goods."
0: All right. Well, How about your hate, sir?
1: We got two out of the way. You always make me go first. Here we go. I wanted to make you go first, but you're making me send my hate mail first because you wouldn't even let me get a word in. That's what it's like hosting the show. Hey,
0: you, cool. you want me to go first? Here, I'll, I'll go first on the hate mail. <laughs> here's, here's my hate mail for the week, Chris. It's going to be me. I don't, I don't really have a hate mail for this week. I, I'm just feeling good, man. Like, I, I, I've, I think I've had a number of episodes in a row where I brought up some political issues, something I've been kind of pissed about. And obviously those things still exist. There's lots of things still pissing me off. But I'm I'm not feeling the hate this week, dude. The weather's the weather's beautiful. We've I think been doing a good job on the pod here. It's 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 the off season. In general, I'm trying to uh you know, take a week for, for some good uh mental some some good mentals. And so my, my hate mail uh inbox is clear.
1: My hate mail goes to people who wanna underpay talent, what they're you know, under under their, their open market value. Just to save <laughs> just to save money against the cap. <laughs>
0: Oh, so I didn't make my hate mail about you, but you're going to make yours about me. Is that yeah, where this is going? Yeah,
1: because you're an <laughs> My hate mail is staying in the NBA, though, and it's going to NBA rumors and fans going crazy. What I mean by that is that obviously the rumor mill started about who is Kevin Durant coming to Portland because Nurk sent a tweet about it and Dame put a thing on his Instagram uh, story about it and as I tweeted it was really funny because I was like I know it's just a rumor I know it's never going to be anything but a rumor but I did not expect at any point during the offseason people would be talking about KD to Portland Kevin then Durant of course then of course you have comments <laughs> and uh, uh, oh, I, don't, I don't think Portland has the assets to get it done and blah blah okay go back to the first sentence I put in that tweet I know it's just a rumor and will not be and will never be anything but a rumor it's just kind of fun to think about and then i love when fans really start to get in into this right and of course like maybe maybe i just can't read sarcasm um but i think i can because there are some people who were sarcastic with it like our our friend chad doing but there were people who were also weren't sarcastic with it like yeah kd be really good but i don't know if it's worth giving up all those assets for a 34 year old who has been injured like shut up (laughs) <laughs> Shut up. You don't think it's worth giving up yeah, assets for one one no. of, if not the greatest you, basketball player on the face of the planet? Like, Kevin, I mean, up assets I, I, think the best play, I think the best player in the NBA is, is Giannis, myself, but then KD's right there. KD is, you know, he's an assassin, dude. He's so damn good. Or you'll talk about the people who are like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I like KD and all, but, like, if you can find a way to get him without giving up Watford, that'd be really good. Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. God, I, I would really like—I would li- really like Kevin Durant, but you know, ugh, it's gonna have a really hard time parting with Watford. No, oh my gosh, that the is- only
0: name on that list is Dame. If 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 they're saying you have to give up Dame to get KD, you still. Probably no, have to think about it name
1: on that list because Kevin durant is better than Damian Willard. Come on, if, if it's a
0: straight, if you if it was Dame for Katie, yeah, you still probably you still got to think about that without all the intangibles of Dame and all the love that no, she has I, for it.
1: I feel it, I feel it. I just think it's funny but when you get in any this. other name, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure, or, or or you go the other way around, like I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have to give up Ant, even though it becomes you know hard because signing trades and all of it like just tip a hypothetical oh if we could do it without giving up ant and wantford i'm pretty sure the nets would take like bledsoe's expiring deal to give them some cap relief and then a, like <laughs> no. a couple a couple first round picks and this, this is where trade a- machine goes oh, wrong my this, is, God. this is when people
0: get too involved in the trade machine and think oh the trade machine said it's accepted so that would mean it works right yeah it's just, uh, and that's uh, it's just it's not how it works it is absolutely me up so my hate mail goes to
1: crazy rumors and people who don't think things out. Anyway,
0: can I give can I give like a reverse hate mail actually? Uh part of the reason my hate mail inbox is so clear, I guess would be a better way to put it, is uh is is, is a little shout out to Reddit. Hey! We uh for a long while recently we we have been posting our episodes on the Reddit and for a while it, it has some engagement, it has some back and forth. At the very least it had upvotes. Recently there'd been some haters, man. If things have kind of bounced out to more around, like right around that zero range, equal up votes, down and some people talking trash, some trolls you run into. And I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at holding back on that stuff. I'm all con, you know, just, just talking <laughs> right back to people talking on, on Reddit. Uh, cause that's what Reddit is for really. But just our last episode that we posted up there about, uh, Sharp and Grant and everything kind of going on now. An hour or two hours after the, episode was posted we have people on reddit having conversations about topics and kind of diving nice. in deeper and like hey you didn't think about this and hey what about this aspect and like legit points being brought up so shout out to the redditors hey, hey. reverse hate mail to all of you that i used to send some hate mail to maybe in my uh little my little hate mail outbox and
1: that's cool i'm just gonna have to i'm just gonna have to take your word for it because i i, I dabble in the discord i dabble on the twitter i get on manage. i get on our socials i don't i don't read
0: dude the rip city sub man yeah, you're missing out dude there's there's some legit fans and some knowledge on the rip city sub gotta be honest people do their research out there mostly because they're trying to call someone else out that didn't do the research they want to come back and kind of cherry pick some stat lines here or there but you know research happens and and i have to respect that because it doesn't happen here so
1: no i feel you reddit's cool it's just i devote so much time to every other platform i'm like i only have so many hours in a day that i can read threads and then I have a hard time, and that's why when I'm like, no, you're wrong. And then, uh, see, I don't need Reddit. I need Twitter. Uh, so when I can, so when I can call someone out, I, I, I'm forced to do it in a limited amount of characters. I would write, <laughs> if, I, if I were on Reddit, you would know I yeah, was on Reddit novels, I man. would write books. <laughs> Ask our Discord, because every once in a while, I try to shut down the conversation on our Discord. I've even apologized before. I'm like, oh, I did not realize that you I wrote do. it. That my, that my, I you, literally you kinda, wrote an entire chapter.
0: You kind of treat our Discord like a red- thing where, where yeah like we all have a dialogue going back and forth and in comes Chris just with a knowledge drop of like here are the stats here's the numbers if you argue against me you don't know what you're talking about no, see that's but not the right. discord's like,
1: different because if I'm on yeah, reddit yeah. I have to deal with all the reddit trolls and then people telling me I'm stupid on right, right, right. discord if you want to troll and tell me you're stupid I created the discord so I have the power to kick you out so
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, my, it's my safety net discord is different not just because chris is in control but because we have an excellent time on there we have a great community on discord come and join the discord if you haven't already link is in the episode description you really are missing out guys if you're not on there rip city if you're a fan if you enjoy the blazers avoid the trolls get into real good discussions with good people and you know come and take part in the pod too best way to take part in the pod getting on discord word
1: listener That's why we don't ever get to do this episode live. Because not only does he do 10 takes, he has to take 5 minute breaks to go flip bread or whatever the hell it is. You know why I would be willing to do this live? Because I go to the store and I buy my bread pre-made, like God intended. Okay? Pre-sliced too. Yeah, sliced bread. People say greatest things since sliced bread. Poor Keith has to slice his own bread. And make it. Nope. I just go to the bakery section. Get some fresh bread. Maybe I get some bread that was delivered in, wasn't fresh made there, but it still works, doesn't matter. It can be, it can be Wonder, it can be France, it can be my go-to, my Dave's Killer Bread, but it's delicious, it's pre-sliced, and I didn't have to waste five minutes and give you, take away your glorious live content. So, listener, that's why you don't get a live podcast yet. It's unfortunate, I know, but Keith's Killer Bread won't allow it
0: all right chris so free agency starts this thursday 3 p.m uh or or, you know technically i I guess you know again we should start off with a celebration like you mentioned uh in in the last segment we made it past the draft (laughs) we made it past all the crazy stuff uh and and all the speculation all the the weeks and weeks of saying what could happen they finally showed us what did happen now we're on to the next part of what what could happen Uh, it's just more more what could happen really it's another phase of what could happen so it's not you know it's it's changed but it's not so with the free agency starting this thursday uh first is the moratorium uh that happens until next wednesday the 6th of july and the moratorium is i mean how would you describe this you you probably have a better Overall uh, uh, synopsis or, or, or summarization of it, but it, it's more or less the period where teams can set everything up, but can't sign. Yeah, final that's all. Teams, it is right?
1: contracts contracts can be negotiated, contracts cannot be signed. So you can yeah, negotiate. Uh, you can eno- negotiate and agree to terms, but again, contracts cannot be signed, and that's where you gotta understand what's going on. Wasn't it uh not too long ago? Was it? Was it? Wasn't it DeAndre Jordan? Didn't he agree to terms with? I think it was Dallas and, right. th- and yeah, then yeah. you know the clippers got to him and then the there was the famous picture of blake griffin like holding the chair to the door so he couldn't get out yeah, and jokes yeah, like yeah. that yeah. and then right he had agreed to terms but then ended up actually putting pen to paper and uh with uh with the clippers at the time so yeah it's uh
0: well it's and that that case kind of highlights why it's kind of a joke right like yeah. it's i mean first of all the the idea that these teams haven't already been going into deals and looking at deals. All the rumors we hear, uh, that stuff comes from somewhere, you know, and I, it's, it seems kind of like a weird, unofficial, official way for, you know, this is when teams are allowed to negotiate with players, even though we all know that it's been happening already. Uh, the, the, the whole DeAndre Jordan thing, though. So he agreed to terms with another team but then they 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 made a whole social media fiasco of of holding him from being able to like put pen to paper, and that made the difference. And eventually he eventually he gave in, right? He stayed with the Clippers.
1: Hey, but that's what that's what the moratorium is like. You know, it's, it's strange. You, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're 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 free to negotiate, but yeah, you're not. Uh... You're not signing the pen to paper. So you can agree to terms, but it doesn't mean you can't stop talking to other teams too and you never know what's gonna happen. So I like it. It gives it gives it gives Okay. It gives the it gives players freedom to obviously continue, talk around. It also gives um it also gives teams, I think, a little bit of, of leeway too. I mean if you Say, you know, a guy has agreed to terms or whatever, and you all signs point to this guy talking to or signing with another team. Like you still have leeway to go in there and have these conversations or whatnot. Um, And you don't want to be put in a situation where free agency starts on Monday and now you have to go talk to your your priority free agents, but at the same time, like they have everyone else lining Just, up, and maybe yeah. They, yeah, maybe they're talk, they sign with the team before you even had a chance to talk to them, and there's no giving them your sales pitch too. So I I, right, I like, I like right. the moratorium period. It's an ability to uh, uh, allow the teams each to really talk to the free agents they covet, and I think it also really allows players to not jump to you know the first good deal that comes their way. I think it really allows them to to vet where they want to go too. So I'm a I'm a fan of it.
0: And, and And that's why it's essential. you're You're totally right. Like I, i'm I'm making a joke about how there's some things that just seem to not really make sense, But that's why it does make sense is because, yeah, you, you you need time to assess all options and kind of like let all offers come in, not just take the first offer that comes in the door. We talked about this again the other week with the offer uh, to buy the team. The uh, Jody ends up saying the team is not currently for sale. Which more or less is what they had to say because they they, they you know they 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 are not going to take the first offer that comes in the door. Anyone else who offers slightly more money, it would be dumb for the for Jody and the the ownership not to consider those ones too. It's the same kind of thing here. You got to give the team and the players time to kind of weigh all the options. But it is just funny because there's there's just a lot of kind of seemingly wink wink nudge nudge stuff. Or or then we'll we will hear rumors. We'll hear about things happening and. I guess that's the real lesson, Chris, for fans, is that nothing is set in stone until next Wednesday, July 6th. That, that's, that's when you can actually count on, on deals being signed, deals being made and confirmed, and the rest of it. Players that, are, uh, that, that Portland is specifically looking at, not as targets, but people that were trying to you know uh, lock in there on these deals by next Wednesday. Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, the moratorium is when these deals get signed. Uh, it, we we There has kind of been an assumption for both uh, Penny Simons and, and Nurkic that they were kind of ready and waiting on deals, even since as far back as mid-last season, mm-hmm. when you started seeing them sitting out games. Again, none of that can really be confirmed one, one way or the other. But you would assume for each of them that if they agreed to a deal with the team even as far back an unofficial deal even as far back as uh as midseason, that these weren't minimum numbers they're not signing for the low end yeah no the other side to to remember again like we've talked about in previous weeks chris was that the cap is going up as well so it's not like this uh it's not like those increases are necessarily going to affect the team adversely so when when we're looking at these players signing a four-year deal it's important to remember That first year is what matters right now. Those years down the line, there's going to be different parameters around it. The cap is going to be larger. The roster. Look at those jumps! Like he's getting paid a lot more every single year, but
1: he's in line percentage-wise. It doesn't change that much, if that makes sense. He's always going to be within that same percentage of the cap, which which is which is exactly yeah.
0: That's what I was trying to bring up too. Exactly the point is that just he's not going to suddenly be eating up more of your total cap because the cap goes up as well yeah and if, uh, and
1: if he hits close to his range like i said i know you've been closer to the 18 yourself i've been closer to the 20 uh when we talk about it but either way it's not the 33 that cj McCollum was getting and right <laughs> the trades that they got out of cj like I said have balanced this roster already better because ant might not be at CJ's level right now, but you slide him into the two, and you got Jeremy Grant that helps balance the starting five a little bit. Like I think you're in a pretty good spot uh, overall when it comes to like you're not a championship contender yet, but you are building your your pieces in the right direction.
0: So, Mr. Master of Segways, you did that. You 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 segued us perfectly into what I was trying to bring up next would be the roster balance. Uh, let's talk about this for a minute as far as what the Blazers should be looking at in free agency. Who kind of should be uh, our, our, our primary targets, at least as far as position goes and as far as uh, the gaps needed to be filled in the roster here. When we talk about guards, I feel like the team kind of has guards covered. Uh, we we have Dame, Penny, and Keon Johnson who are for sure guards and nothing else. Then you still also have Josh Hart, Shaden Sharp, uh, and Didi Lozada who are kind of classified as guards but m- might be bigger where they can shift down to more of a wing position if needed. But we're talking... Three to six guards right off the bat, right?
1: Yeah, a ton.
0: <laughs> so, so like, you you would agree there's not much need for us to be looking at guards uh, when it comes to. I mean, maybe if we're sending some of these dudes out, but yeah. that would be that would be the real thing. Is if, yeah, if which is going to be if we're which, bringing a guard in. Some of these guys are trade assets.
1: Yeah, which is obviously you know hopefully a priority. But if if you can't if you can't get him out in the short term, like you're gonna find ways to get Eric Bledsoe on the court. Because it's gonna. Benefit, oh, I, it's oh like, I forgot about Bledsoe. Like, yeah. no, I'm just saying it's gonna benefit you to get him on the court to try to get some value out of him. Say, hey, he's still got he's still got tread on the tire. And the thing is, like, Eric Bledsoe wasn't awful last year. I mean, he was a 10, 3 and four, Ten yeah, ten, three and four in limited minutes. Right. Still a good defensive guard, but he's just obviously overpaid for what Portland needs. He's gonna offer someone some cap space. So think about that. I think the real question, or the the answer to your question, Keith is center. Center needs to be priority. Um, And they they do have Jeremy Grant. Um, I do think as much as I I, I like the guys who can play that position, I think you can get some... um, I think you can get some upgrades at the backup four over Watford and, and our, our boy justice that everybody loves. Um, but I definitely, but if you don't get an upgrade at the, at the backup four, those two will just be fine. But right now you have no backup center, but I still want to go back to a name that I've mentioned on the pod many a time, but I, I as long as he doesn't come too expensive he's probably going to come in like the 10 mil range so if they can afford it uh but i think chris boucher is a really good candidate because he's going to be able to play backup five and he's going to be able to play backup four he's going to be able to play multiple positions for you good defensively um still has holes in his game that he's working on but when you're paying you're looking for a guy to play backup minutes at the five uh yeah i i think i think you could get worse <laughs> right um and then there's other names that uh, when you look at free agency um i think he's going to command a little bit more money than that but i don't think as a blazer fan watching him play backup minutes this year that you wouldn't you'd be upset getting demarcus cousins <laughs> on any sort of of deal whether you have to you know get whatever you have to do to get him in bring back Hassan Whiteside, right no just joking
0: but let me slow you down C- cousins like that's a legit backup five five like he's like a nerf type five like a big yeah. body five boucher am i wrong that he's a little more of like a a five or a four he's a, he's, like, a he's a tweener more no he's a tweener yeah. he's a tweener as okay. where cousins
1: is a straight five absolutely um and so it all just kind of depends what you want um i know it's it's the uh the dumb answer because i don't just like you know connecting former former names back to portland but uh he's become a career backup center and very good at it but robin lopez i think would be a- another yeah um great candidate to fill that role like you you and i talked on the podcast before about drew eubanks as a backup center and it's like if you don't have any other options i think drew eubanks is fine like he's gonna get you minutes he's gonna get you rebounds he's gonna get you points. but i do think there's upgrades over him that are going to be available in free agency, but it's going to be interesting uh, with how they allot the rest of their money. But I definitely think that should
0: be priority once they've uh, got all their other ducks in a row is getting a backup center. It's interesting because I, I even just looking at the roster, I, I I feel like the talent gap is probably in in that big man uh, uh, slot, but it's okay. also hard to not feel like we need to go for something on the wing just because the wing has been a gap we've had for so long. And I don't feel like That's... like we've added Grant, but I don't know if we've added. I don't know if that solves all of our wing issues, does it?
1: That, I mean, no, you're going to have to attack that as well. But the thing is, if you look at how that depth played out, so all signs are pointing now to that Anthony Simons is being re-signed, right? And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not sign and trade fodder like has been debated right. on past episodes. He's being signed to be your number two. If that's I mean, the wear case— my penny jersey this summer. Yeah, this if, if, if that's the case, all signs have also pointed, just because of how you played it, that at this point in time, Josh Hart is your starting three. Okay, so you have depth. You have depth there if he's starting there because you're going to be able to throw Nasir Little in there when you need him. You have Justice Winslow, so you have a little bit of depth. Uh, again, you have Watford. You have the, your depth at the four. You have Watford who can play the five, but I still think there's upgrades over Watford at that position. So if you look at how the depth set up right now, uh, center is your overall biggest gap in depth. Okay. And then you go back to the wing and there's very gettable guys there. And this is where we can talk. Cause I was, you, you beat me to the punch. And that was, I do think those are your two targets is for uh forward and, uh, and center. So another one that's already been thrown around a little bit, Keith. And again, I said, I hate going back to the, the former blazer. Well, but you cannot tell me that, that, uh, uh, Nick Batum wouldn't be, Batum! Wouldn't waiting be for you a, a near perfect uh, fit for this team. He'd be able to play bench rotation minutes. He's played plenty of time at power forward and small forward. So uh, I, I obviously, you know, it depends where you want to play him. It depends how you define your wings like power forwards aren't technically wing players but in today's nba they play more of a wing centric offense they like like, a a terry stott's offense the power forward the last few years like prior to billups played wing right they played out on the Mm -hmm. wing the literal spot that like outside of the paint um but again i think he'd be a a a perfect perfect type to get in there but i think the going to get a lot of interest from a lot of guys you talk about backup bigs i mean God, I hate throwing names out there. But again, if I'm looking for a backup big, Marcus Aldridge is a great candidate for that as well because he's he's going to come cheap. Um, I mean, yeah, people would love PJ Tucker's of the world, but he's already saying he's commanding about 10 and is gaining a lot of interest from some playoff teams. We also talked about this before on the podcast, but I just don't think that they're going to want to get uh, rid of him. So I shouldn't say I his early bird, but uh, Bobby Portis. Oh yeah, he'd be a really, really good one to add. I just don't think Milwaukee's going to want to part with him.
0: Portis, uh, uh, a lot of these other names we're mentioning, like these are guys we've talked about other points of the season, like Boucher, in the in the same way. But I think of all the names, I think.
1: His versatility and the way he kind of resurrected his career down in L.A., I think Batum's going to be a really, really hot Batum. target. It does, mm. it does sound like kind of all signs are pointing to him staying with the Clippers, but I think there's going to be a lot of teams calling his agent because, okay, mm. give me a guy who's still athletic, can play and right. guard multiple positions, can hit shots when we need him to, has a very good basketball IQ. Like I think Nicholas Batum's going to be very, very sought after. I think the market for Chris Boucher, I I just like him as a player. I think the market for him might be just a little bit smaller than, than I'm selling it on, um, just because he has holes in his game that I think give a couple teams pause. He's still working on those. Sure, but, sure. But if you're signing him to be your backup, then, yeah, uh, I'll take that all day long and not worry about it. The, other, the difference between those two as well as Boucher, I think, is going to be gettable for a team like Portland, as where Batum is going to be getting a ton of interest from – the teams that have the ability to sign him, whatever exception he's going to be able uh, is going to get, get to get him. But again, not looking at any cap situation, just looking at playoff teams like nick nick Batum is not necessarily like unless portland has laid it out that we are a playoff team and we're looking to do big things in the future whether there's still trades down the line blah 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 nick Batum is uh, a candidate for like i said teams like the clippers teams like the bucks teams like the heat teams like the sixers teams that are playoff teams and need that type of player um he's going to get a ton of interest from um so it's more of a pipe dream for me because i just think he'd be perfect to have him back and put a nice little stamp on that career but
0: yeah, dude. I, I I I think it'd be more. Oh boy, we should discuss this in a in a future week. Who would you? Who would Blazer fans rather have back in Portland to finish their career? Aldridge or Batum? Uh, if
1: I'm vying, if I'm vying for a title and I have a playoff team, it's Nick Batum.
0: It's Batum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if, I think I even, if I want it, if I want to wipe the
1: sour taste out of my mouth and end on a happy <laughs> note, it's Lamarcus Aldridge. Well,
0: oh, but even in that sense, I feel like Batum might be easier for fans to swallow without having to worry about that sour taste.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right.
0: uh but you know uh, uh chris one name i haven't heard you mention even after we both agreed that you know uh, yeah sure mostly about targeting the center but bigs forwards uh i didn't hear you mention uh the, the, this that that you spoiled to... early in the podcast you, you uh, ruined my content earlier my my surprise you never mentioned KD, bro. You never mentioned Durant. <laughs> How is he not a perfect target for who we should be going after right now? Because he's not a free agent. All of you're our assets of, and then you're, ask, you're asking oh, me about free agents. That's why. You're asking me about okay, free fine. agents. You know what? That, that's what I, I tried to set up a segue to the next topic. That's why you're the master of segues, not me. I, I did not think about that. That's small minute detail. Trade trade uh, target versus free agent target. It's almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, what do you think about the KD rumors, Chris? Let's talk about KD to Portland. Kevin Durant coming up here to right all the wrongs that have happened by uh, Blazers taking Odin, which wasn't wrong necessarily, but but Odin's career going downhill. Uh, K- K- Durant coming back here to play next to Dame. Is that or is that not championship material right off the bat, just with th- those two on the roster, no matter what it costs you?
1: Uh, considering you'd be keeping most of your core in you'd still keep Grant, you're probably still going to be able to re-sign Yusuf Nurkic. Maybe you keep Josh Hart in that deal. If you gave me a starting lineup of Dame Hart, KD, Grant, and Nurkic, yeah, you're a championship contender. If you're a yes, championship sir. contender yes, no matter how bad you are if you put Kevin Durant on your team. Kevin Durant is... <laughs> dude, the Nets fizzled out in the playoffs, but they were still a championship <laughs> contender all year long, right? People thought KD is flipping incredible, and Dame would be unreal. I, my biggest thing, I, I saw someone... Uh, post about how he really just needs to come to Portland just to like the complete, the quartet of guards he's played with. Cause that would mean, that would mean he played with, yeah. he played with Russ, he played with Steph, he played with Kyrie and then he went and played, and with, then Dame, played with Dame, which would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but the odds of getting Kevin Durant there, they're there they're, they're, they're are non- Chris Paul's
0: out there sitting like, what about me? Yeah. Sorry, they're ahead. a,
1: they're a non zero number, <laughs> but, right? But, but, but <laughs> right, it, exactly. it, it's probably less than one. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It,
0: it's that, that. Yeah. And that needs to be absolutely clear to anyone. Uh, like obviously some of rip City's entertaining this idea because some of rip city, uh, not judging, loves to get in on the fantasy stuff and just just the hope against hope. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we do as fans. It's fun. But yeah, Katie to Portland is not realistic. It's very unlikely to happen. Sure, it's feasibly possible. We would have to give up a whole bunch of picks, a whole bunch of current assets. We're talking Simons and many other pieces. Just like this shouldn't be a question. Like you you brought up earlier, Chris. People saying like, oh, it'd be good to get Katie, but not if it costs us Watford. No, you're. If it doesn't cost you Dame, if you can get Dame and KD on the same team, everything else would be ready to rebuild and be flexible. Yeah, you'd be uh, fine. You're, you're giving, but up it's almost, not
1: happening. Yeah, you're giving up almost any asset you have if you could get Kevin Durant. Let's just not. Yeah, let's not get it twisted here. Now the crazy part is though is is everyone has already jumped to this like you know Kyrie has opted back into his deal um, after right. not being able to find a find a sign and trade partner, and now everyone is. Everyone has put this uh, bow on everything, so to speak, right? Like it's like, nope, it's 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 done, It's it's all it's set. It's dry. KD's back. Everything's good. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I do. Do you think I every? Agree. Do you think? Let's just put it back in Portland terms, okay? Like, do you think if this was CJ and and Dame, right, and the two the two faces of your franchise at the moment, and dame says or cj let's keep dame this, this is the face here cj is about to has a player option and he's like i don't want to be here i want to i want to seek sign in trains there's all sorts of reports that he's looking for one and then when they can't find one he's like oh i'm opting back in everything's everything's golden everything's peachy you think dame's looking at that and going sweet baby let's get back in the saddle right, it's more like right why, why did you want to leave why did you want to get out of here? So I think that like, I, think, I was
0: I was waiting the whole time for I was waiting for one of those things from Kyrie about uh, similar to what he did in Boston. Like, I'll I'll stay if you want me to, if the fans will have me or whatever it was that he said yeah. in Boston. And here's the thing with uh, Kevin Durant, dude, such a reversal, like, Kevin
1: Durant, Kevin Durant ain't freaking dumb. I like, right. like, like, you think Ke- <laughs> like Kevin Durant has got to be looking at this situation on Kyrie. Played less than half the games last year and then wanted out this offseason reported right ben simmons still hasn't hit the court i'm supposed to be a member of a big three but i'm only the one no one else no one else is showing up with me i could go here i could go there like i if anything i i, I don't know if it's kevin durant i think he's smart enough to say okay fix this get get my team better i don't think he necessarily wants to leave brooklyn but get my team better and then secondly just because you didn't find a sign and trade doesn't mean that I'm staying in Brooklyn all year long. You opt into my one year option here and when maybe I get closer to, you know, trade trade deadline or once newly signed players can be traded, that you know, things heat back up and maybe the Lakers realize they need a little bit of an upgrade at, at point guard and they can get a three team deal done with a team that can suck a salary real quick and, you know, uh, get Russell Westbrook to Houston or get Russell Westbrook to Oklahoma city as a salary dump. And then they get Kyrie and move pieces around. And it's, it's I don't think everything's done just because he opted in here because, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. So, right. Uh, unless they put that fire out, uh, I don't think the nets are going to stop smoking anytime soon.
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely not that easy and and i i don't know I, I i'm not trying to spend too much time on on brooklyn situation obviously we have plenty to worry about over here oh in i know City, you that's why phone, i keep talking it but...
1: that's why i'm trying to talk about it because i know every time the word Kyrie's uttered <laughs> the name Kyrie's uttered you're like a little piece of keith dies inside
0: <laughs> the dude's a joke let's talk about the forward that we do have, though, forget the rumors, forget all the the all the all the fantasy with KD. We've got Jeremy Grant. We we went over this last time. The the, the details of the trade. We talked a little, Chris, about I, I, something I want to dive into more here: the wing versus forward designation, because I feel he's a player that is gonna kind of ride that line. We have other tweeners in the roster where it is beneficial to have someone like Josh Hart who can start at small forward but also be a very capable defensive guard next to dame if we need to you know move him up to the two jeremy grant first i want i I want you to help me define wing versus forward then tell me which you think he really is and which you think the team needs him to be
1: well i think it's interesting because like i said the 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 nba has changed so kind of the definition of a power forward has changed but right. people, people automatically lump fours into the wing, and that's just not the case. The wing is a player who literally plays on the wing, which is the area mostly the defined. Three point arc, the corner, yeah, mostly defined as basically the forty-five degree angle from you know, kind of like the corner of the the top of the key out on the out outside the three-point range, a little bit on the inside that mid-range game. But then a full-court wing is basically defined as everything outside of the paint, and a, a wing spends most of their time outside that three-point arc everyone on max, Oh, you need help on the wing. You need help on the wing. And then they just throw power forwards in that situation. Like, no, like John Collins is not a wing player. John Collins can thrive in the paint. That's where he plays.
0: Like when well, this comes out of the, the difference of like, you have positions, uh, but then you also have, I, I, even within positions, you have sh- uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, uh, and, and center. But then you also have, like you said, we have guards, wings, and, and centers or guards, wings, and bigs where You almost get, I think as as you get more of those stretch fours coming into the power uh, power forward position, it's like a power forward that plays more like a small forward. Is that yeah, it's a, I think it's a power. Yeah, um, it's a
1: pow- It's a power forward who plays on the wing. And again, now yeah. now, now it, it it's so dep- that's where you blur those lines. Yeah, and it's dependent on your offense. So it's like 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 we said, like Terry Stotts, like Al Al Aminu playing a lot outside, right? Robert Cunnington right. playing a lot outside. Like they were fours, mm-hmm. but they played out on the wing. So you could you'd argue that yeah, they were wing. Wing, play on wing, wing players yeah. absolutely um, but a power forward like okay put it this way put it this way you can be a wing who plays power forward but just because you play power forward doesn't mean you're a doesn't wing. doesn't
0: make you a wing
1: okay totally agree and, and, yeah. and, and that's just my hang-up because i think so many people automatically go oh portland needs help on the wing they need help on the wing and they do but they, they lump power forward in that quite too often, and that's not necessarily the situation. And personally, I think they would be better off with a power forward that wasn't as wing-centric because I think it would take pressure off of Yusuf Nurkic down low in the paint. And Portland, I don't want a Robert Covington or an Al-Faruq Aminu who sits out in the corner. I want... A guy who can come up and set really good screens and give dame multiple options i think okay. Jeremy grant can do that he's he because he's he's both um not as refined be, as john collins would be but still
0: before we get in on the Jeremy it, Grant stuff i want to get into i want to get into what position he is and where we need him what we need him to be possibly but before we get there just again quick quiz just you know, to kind of again clarify this for listeners I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and I want you to say this is either a wing or a forward. If I want three-point shooting. It's a wing. If I want uh, a, a attacking the rim. Again, these lines are blurred, but you know, like in general, if I want attacking the rim. Uh, depends, but I, I, wings attack the rim, so it can still be a wing. Okay, okay. Uh, if I want post-play. that's That's a power forward. If I want uh, uh, interior defense.
1: That's a power forward.
0: If I want um, inside-out playmaking.
1: Inside-out playmaking. Ooh, look at you. That's Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs>
0: that's you. <laughs> power forward or, or, or a big or Yusuf, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I want uh, some ball handling. So some penetration, let's say.
1: Oh, that's a lot of wings play like that. I mean, like I okay. said, I mean, Kobe's, LeBron's, CJ, right? Think about yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I again, we're, we're not being too complex here. We're not getting deep into like statistics here, but I, I think this is something important for a lot of fans. A lot of fans out there need maybe some more clear cut definitions of what each of these roles are. There are going to be blurred lines between them. Uh, where power forwards can play wings and and you know all the rest of it, but I don't know. We, no, it's just say more, hey, I,
1: I get know. it. Like I said, a power forward can play on the wing, and in a lot of right. NBA, a lot of NBA offenses, they do. It just doesn't necessarily make them a wing style player or right. a wing I, yeah, exactly. player. A, a wing player can play power forward, but a power forward just doesn't isn't necessarily a wing. I'm just saying. All so right. when you just say, "I need help on the wing." And then you automatically start looking at power forwards for help, right? No, that, that's why that's, I wanted to go that's, through those that's roles. My like, hang, to That's say, like, my which hang one, up. Which thing you need yeah. help with? You if, know, you, if you need help on the shooting, if you need help on the wing, and you're looking at, at help at the four, then look for a four who can play on the wing. Don't just look at power forwards because a power forward is not a wing, but you can have a power I, forward who plays wing. I know, confusing, right? Whatever. What do I know?
0: I, I asked dumb. you about interior defense. I forgot to ask like, a, a perimeter defense as the contrast. See, but that's wing. different. I get, Yeah,
1: it, but it depends because you can have power forwards who play out there. You can have centers who play out there. Mm, true. Okay. Is that, is See, that, yeah, it, and
0: again, now we're, now we're getting to – this is where the lines get blurred. They right? do get, they this, do get this, blurred. This is why it's conversation. They do get blurred.
1: And I think it also is dependent on your team. I mean, because, again, not every team yeah. wants a power forward to play outside on the wing. And not everybody you know wants their power forward to play in the paint. But that's my whole yeah. hang-up is when I say wing, it doesn't necessarily mean power forward – If I want help at the wing, because I have a team that plays power forward or plays their power forward out there, like Portland tends to do, then I want a power forward that can play on the wing, not just a upgrade at power forward.
0: Glad we cleared that up. Let's talk specifically about Jeremy Grant then. What is Jeremy Grant primarily? Uh, Again, players are gonna be able to be flexible. Uh, The best players that we're looking for in these roles can play multiple positions, but what is Grant's primary position?
1: He's a power forward. I mean-
0: He's a power forward.
1: I've talked about it. I know people don't subscribe to this. I've seen some other podcast hosts call people crazy for it, but I still think if you can get a upgrade at a true power forward and like a a John Collins and slide Jeremy Grant to the three, you'd be absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I do not subscribe to this idea that he has played so many minutes of power forward. There's zero chance that he could play small forward right now. Uh, Jeremy Grant is not LaMarcus Aldridge. As in he's, right, not, he's right. not a big lumbering big who just sits in the paint and there's zero chance that he has the speed, acceleration, and lateral quickness to play outside. That's not Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is moves very, very well, 6'8", and can play outside absolutely perfectly. He's going to play quite a bit outside for Portland because he's a career 35% three-point shooter. So he's not like he's an absolute slouch out there. And, is and, and like said so last episode, season,
0: he... So. Like we said last episode too, he's a great on-ball defender. So he's one of these guys that he's going to be asked to do a lot besides just kind of, you know, kind of uh, uh, hammer into the paint as a power forward would be like Marcus Aldridge.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, as this, uh, as the team is constructed as this, at this point in time, he's a power forward. And that's where you're going to need him. That's where you're going to play him. Um, back to our conversation of wings and this and that, that's my only worry is that they use him too much on the wing and try to go what they've Mm. done in the past years, and that is we're just going to have you sit outside the three-point. park him in the corner. Yeah, Yeah, park him in the corner, park him up top, you know, run a lot more pick and pop than pick and roll so that you can try to get him those those shots from outside. Um, And that... I don't want. I I, I think Portland needs a power forward to get inside and get to the rim because they've relied on Yusuf Nurkic to be their only main threat at the rim for far too long. Um, And he's much better. He played very, very well there last year. Um, But, yeah, they still need help there. So if they were still able to go get John Collins, you can't tell me that that Jeremy Grant could not slide to small forward and be absolutely fine because I think he would
0: Yeah, He's a tough example for trying to define this role clearly because he is one of those guys that can very easily slide between the two, especially depending on what's around him. And yeah, if we could pull in uh, a really nice four, like a true four, like a John Collins or something like that, that makes a lot of sense. If if the team goes the other direction, let's say they find someone who's more of a a true wing player, so Grant is going to be required to play more of his minutes at that power forward position. Do you think that puts us at much of a disadvantage? Is he no longer getting used appropriately? Like, like how far oh, can no, he go without breaking?
1: No, he's versatile. He's versatile, yeah. so you're not gonna have to worry about him breaking. The only, the only knock on him as a power forward overall is he's. I mean, he's he's plus in the a boards. lot of categories. Is he's just a very very weak rebounder for a power forward? Mm, yeah. Um, like I said, he's like four and a half rebounds yeah. per game. No, it's four point one last year. Um, oh. <laughs> four and a half is is generous (laughs) okay he averaged 4.1 last year and that was only the fourth year in his entire career he's averaged more than four rebounds per game as a power Mm, forward so okay okay he underproduces on the board everything else he's going to be fine
0: then that is something to clearly watch for is hopefully we pull in like you said from the beginning of this episode uh more more players on the big side of things to maybe slide grant down towards that small forward position a little more uh, with his minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, and again, maybe you get another small forward. Who's a, who's a plus rebounder. So that balances out. You don't have to worry. Right. right. Um, I think what my, my whole idea on Jeremy Grant Keith is I do think it allows a little bit of flexibility in how Joe Cronin wants to construct that roster. Because if you go get John Collins, there's, no question that you're playing him at 4 like you're not getting another right. power it's forward defined yeah you're not getting yeah. another power forward and moving John Collins to 3 like that's not happening right right but right. Jeremy Grant can play out there very very well um is he like i said he's defined as a power forward he's probably more of a power forward right now obviously but if you can get an upgrade at the 4 you're going to not lose a ton by sliding him to the 3 and then having your i mean then you're going to have your starting small forward likely your starting power forwards as well and your starting center all six eight or taller
0: i mean mm. that's it's 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 similar to what we said last week about shade and sharp too in this uh, the pick of shade and sharp anyway in that it allows flexibility on, on cronin's end as far as shaping the roster like is he going to be uh a guard is he going to be someone they need immediately is he going to be someone who may be feeling more on on the wing as it goes cronin he, he he's we've We've talked for many episodes, Chris, about wanting the Blazers to choose a path. But it does seem like he's, he's stuck with this idea of maintaining the flexibility up till the very end. And you know, it's, if, if you can make it work, you can make it work. We're, we're getting there. It seems to be working no, pretty well see, so see, far. See, see I, I, I agree,
1: but I disagree because I think he, he has maintained flexibility, yes. Uh, but I definitely think he's chosen a path. And that path is yes. they're, they're, oh, build, yeah, yeah. they're building for the now and they've already i mean the obviously he said the roster's not no, you're the, right. they want to build the roster he's proven that they're trying to build around Dame the he he has reiterated that the uh, the trading of Norman Powell and CJ McCollum and and all that was to clear the path for Ant to be the starting two so like that is that's pretty much cut and dry like we like I said we questioned what was going to happen with amp but the, especially once the draft went through and you saw things were moving it's become much more clear that the plan is to get him re-signed and he's your starting shooting guard so, Blazer fans, please stop with the nonsense that you're going to go pay Anthony Simons $18, $20 million a year to be your sixth man and run the second year. <laughs> yeah, stop. that one's not happening. That's asshole. I, I <laughs> um, so, he's going to be your start. You're your, your starting to. Where the flexibility comes in is, as we talked about last week with Shaden Sharp, a guy who's, who's uber uber high ceiling makes him a very tradable asset in the future depending if he doesn't you know fit in with the long-term plans or you want to trade him to go get your kevin durant or whatever and yes that's not going to happen i'm just throwing out what you know (laughs) twitter is telling us um again jeremy grant you got a major major upgrade at a position of need but you retain flexibility with him as to how you can build out your roster elsewhere like think about it this way you go get you go get john collins then you're, then you're you're like oh has to be a fi- small forward now have to go get a small forward Okay, with Jeremy Grant, you got a guy who can who can play both. I definitely think that he can play small forward if you go get an upgrade at the four and you will be just fine. It's a flexibility play, Keith, because it allows you Mm. to open your parameters with what with what else you go get. Again, say you go get OG on Anobi first, you go get OG on Anobi. And now it's like, okay, have to upgrade at the power forward because he is a small. forward. Right, right. He is. okay, And you're not going to go get another small forward and then slide him to power forward because it's just not it. Jeremy Grant affords you that flexibility. So again, Cronin has made it very clear what they're doing. But to your no, point, you're right. yeah. the flexibility, it's not necessarily not taking a path. It's, it's not taking not a path. It's, it's widening. Just it's, it's, it's just widening the path he's chosen. Yes. He's not go. taking no, the I, I like that. I like that. And and that's why I re- that's why I really like the pick of Shaden Sharp in that spot. Even though again I said if you want a guy who's gonna go uh contribute Produce right now, I like Dyson right. Daniels and I like Ben Matherin, even though Matherin wanna pick ahead. But no, he, he's making the flexibility play because everything he has pointed to is built, continuing to build the roster the best he can. And he has made flexible moves to do that. And it's it's a smart play by Joe Cronin. Absolutely is.
0: I love it. I, you know, you, you, you get on these rants sometimes, Chris, and it just gets me excited, man. I'm, I want some Blazer basketball back in our lives. Uh, and we're close. We're very close, actually. If you count Summer League, we are almost there. Next uh, Thursday, July 7th, the Blazers' first summer league game of the season against the Pistons. Probably our first chance to see Shaden Sharp, I'd imagine. Yeah. Get ready for that, baby. Yeah. Get ready for uh, that whole lack of footage, man. We're about to start start nipping that in the bud right off the bat. So we have four games coming up over the next week, starting uh, next Thursday. And... Yeah, man, it's 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 not official NBA basketball yet, but we're getting close. We're gonna see at least some of the pieces of this roster. See some our young guys from last year. See what they can come back and do. Summer league champions, here we come, baby! With uh, I, I think this roster is gonna be pretty pretty deep for the summer league. <laughs> it's and, gonna be pretty. Uh, gonna be
1: pretty stacked.
0: If you need if you need some summer league uh, material uh, to wear, go check out EvanM.com. Our our buddy Evan McCarthy hey! had some shirts. I'm sure he still has up there. Uh, f- from I think Summer League 2019 when we were the Summer League champs, I got that that nice trophy shirt, uh, the the mini Larry O'Brien on there. <laughs> so see we'll see what he's got going for this summer, but we're 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 definitely going to go for it. So get ready for those games, Chris. Anything to tease? Anything else to throw up here for uh, what's coming next week? No.
1: If you haven't already, if you can afford it, go buy the tickets. Getting to Vegas is cheap. Summer League is one of the coolest events you'll ever go to as a fan. If you can't make it this year because things are getting close, put it on your bucket list. It was I covered the NBA and the Trailblazers professionally for almost a decade, and my favorite part of the year every single year was Summer League. Summer League is the absolute best. Oh, yeah? Go watch. Oh God, That's I awesome. th- I thought it was more fun than playoffs, and well, playoffs are a very special animal, but Summer League, dude, like all these games one place, you rub elbows with the elites, you get to watch young up and comers and both arenas even Thomas and mac is is pretty pretty intimate but if you get to watch them at the at the Cox Pavilion Cox Pavilion so for those of you who've never been you have Thomas and mac Center which is the arena that UNLV basketball plays in pretty sure it's max capacity is only about 14,000 so it's a small intimate atmosphere and then uh, attached to that you actually can get you can when you buy a ticket It's to like the whole day. So you can walk back and forth. You can watch whatever game's going on and it's all attached via the concourse. So you could start in Thomas and Mac, walk up to the concourse, then walk over to Cox Pavilion. Cox Pavilion is like basically a high school gym. Like it's a a practice court, maybe fits 4,000 people. So you are, it's bleachers straight up. You're right on top of the action and you'll see everybody, especially like I said, that first week, because it's, it goes over that weekend. Uh, so that first weekend, you're going to see Dame there. You're going to see Joe Cronin there. You're going to see uh, Billups there, even though he's not coaching the team, the assistants take care of summer league. Uh, but you're going to see, you're, you're going to have a high probability of seeing LeBron James. You're going to see Jason Tatum. You're going to see Giannis and Tentacupo. All these players show up to see the new kids or root for the guys who have been on the team for a few years and real, and also realize like, sweet, I get a little bit of a vacation out of it. So dude, like Mm -hmm. the, the athletes I was fortunate enough to see just like, I mean, uh, yeah, the Vince, Vince Carters, Donovan Mitchell's like, right. And run, run into these guys. And as a fan, it's awesome. Now, I was there for work, so I didn't get a chance to rub el- to elbows. Fan out. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like not even fan out because it's like, okay, sweet, there's there's LeBron James, but I have 5 minutes. I got to get to the other side of the facility because right, post-game, right, sorry. Right. Like I was in work mode, right? But as a fan, Keith you go up and you can talk to them and you can get autographs. And the Thomas and Mac, or uh, Cox, Cox civilian, excuse me. There's only one, like one door in or two doors in and out, both on the same side. And again, they lead straight to the main concourse. So you can sit in the main concourse and you can see Damian Lillard walking out and ask him for an autograph. You can see CJ McCollum. You can see LeBron James. You can see Yusuf Nurkic if he's there. And granted the there whole were- roster doesn't come, but all there are so many big stars there. It will blow your mind. It's a must pre- do for a fan.
0: I'm pretty sure there's shots of Anthony Simons when he was a little little kid. Uh, I, I believe the story was that he snuck in more or less to uh, some summer league games or something like that, where he's watching. Uh, like there were there was pictures of him in the bleachers, basically watching from the stands, and, and he's like, you know, I we're, obviously he entered the league as young, but we're talking like little teenager kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's it it is interesting to think of like you know the the view you can get. We also have had other podcast friends. Shout out to Ryan Witty, hey! who have uh self-professed that they went down to summer league and essentially snuck in more or less to some uh some press conference stuff maybe where fans weren't supposed to be going but they just kind of kept walking and you know again like you said got to really kind of uh live the experience a little bit so hey yeah, you gotta remember i <laughs> maybe. mean an orlando
1: guy and that's where summer league started yeah. the, the first few years of summer league were only in orlando um before they started vegas as well and um i don't know if they're doing it this year Are they still do it but they had like the utah summer league they had like four teams show up they had a san francisco summer league they had a few teams but vegas has become the one where every single team shows up now and they don't do the orlando one anymore but again orlando started the very first summer league that was 2002 so ant was three but that went all the way through 2018 so it's like here he was like you like you said young you know 13 14 year old kid looking at the future stars of the nba right in his own backyard so yeah summer league is Summer League is the absolute best. And the cool part too is like the players are there, but the ones that you are, are really there if you know to watch, pretty much every general manager is there for at least the first few games. So mm. uh yeah, got to meet some some cool GMs. And another one too is if you're at the right hotel, uh you'll see representatives for the um the uh the officials because like summer league officials are basically trainees, right? So summer oh, summer sure. league officials are uh g league officials or sometimes young young nba officials or guys that are training for the program so um what what's uh oh my god what's joey crawford there it is um yeah in our hotel i got he was happened to be in the same hotel as us since he's no longer refereeing but he reps all the other refs. like i got to meet joey crawford oh, gotcha which is funny because Hi. everyone hates a referee and dogs a referee joey crawford was just dude joey crawford was an awesome dude to just shoot the shit with and talk to shout out to I uh, bet. shout out to my my former co-worker and good friend dwight james because he hey. was the reason i got to go meet joey crawford because he had a relationship with him so like hey joey oh hey dwight this is chris and cool <laughs> but, but it's like i said summer league is the only the only time on the nba calendar where stuff like that happens so it's i can't talk it up enough and plus there's nothing better than watching your blazers play and then going and hitting the strip for the rest of the day like <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah
0: oh yeah i i haven't even made it to summer league yet man but yeah it, it's definitely on my bucket list i i love vegas and i would be in heaven for i would have to spend way more than weeks if it's like a, a just one week of the summer league basketball i'm gonna need at least like another week just to hit the tables after uh that, that's a whole nother podcast though we'll get to that another point
1: next year we'll plan for it and we'll do we'll do podcasts in the hotel room
0: yes oh dude the trailcasters summer league event we've got other people in our discord that have been talking about wanting to get down there for like trying kind to of plan for maybe next summer. So again, listeners, if you're not on discord yet, come and join the discord Link is in the episode description. Uh, if you do it now, you can get, you can get everything lined up to join us for, for part of our summer league there adventures next summer, which are definitely
1: happening. Get sheriff to come hey! set up a, uh, set up a trivia night in like the
0: lobby of the there Bellagio.
1: We, we could probably
0: get Dame <laughs> to show up. Oh yeah, man, this is on. <laughs> Uh, this summer, though, we're gonna enjoy watching the games on TV because I'm, uh, I'm I'm enjoying enjoy my summer, enjoying my off season. Uh you're gonna That's enjoy
1: watching the- them on League Pass or whatever you can to get it because uh, the current <laughs> TV contract doesn't show summer league games. So,
0: oh, <sighs> womp. Man. Womp. Talk about a deflating note, right? At the end, I of mean, of the I'm just, <sighs> NBC did just saying. <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. I uh, miss my NBC Root Sports not doing it right <laughs> dude In- dude
1: okay no one no one's gonna give it. <laughs> but let's just talk about this really quick before you get to closing <laughs> sure, yeah you're good most important day of the off season for the blazers the nba draft what are they gonna do so many question marks are they gonna use the pick are they gonna trade the pick are they gonna, what are they gonna do root sports aired a replay of the mariner game that was at noon that day so i mean yep uh, I know I liked to the the horn for the stuff that we did at NBC. We did some really really cool stuff while I was there and I miss all the people I got to work with and covering the team with them there at NBC. But we aired our summer league games. We had 3-hour long yeah. we had 3-hour long drafts. We aired the draft. Yeah. Yes. We aired freaking uh media day. 3-hour, 4-hour yeah, long dude. live episode of media day where everything the fans want to watch table. that sh- And Root Sports plays a replay of the baseball game instead of any actual draft coverage. Unbelievable. This is why the RSN model is dead. And it's stupid, dude. Give, Give to the fan as much content as you can because fans love it. I wish Sports I were a millionaire because if I were a millionaire, I would start my own RSN and create these things to give back to the fan as much as possible with as much unique po- content as you can. There's zero excuse to be playing a freaking re-air of a game that by the time you re-aired it was you know already four hours old or whatever. There's no point in playing a re-air of a game instead of draft content for another team you have rights to. It's a disservice to the fans, and it pisses me off
0: nothing else to say in closing your (laughs) honorable listener.
1: That's what you're supposed
0: to say. Oh, you you. I thought I thought you had it there in closing your honorable listeners. That's it. That's our show. Thank you. Chris Burkhardt. Thank you. Odar for the fat beats. And thank you listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your blazers, your rip city basketball, your free agency period starting this Thursday and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Boop, boop,